New on Curiosity Stream. Grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, hear surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are twenty dollars, just a dollar sixty-seven a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. I don't celebrate birthdays anymore. When you get older, you try to forget they even exist. You really don't need a reminder telling you you're slowly becoming an outdated dinosaur. And I've always found commemorating the harrowing approach of your own death a rather morbid notion. So I suppose having my birthday in the middle of a nationwide lockdown was somewhat of a godsend. That didn't stop my mother from sending me a present, though. She always found a way to annoy me, in the best way possible. And she'd outfiddle the devil himself just to put a smile on my face. I don't know how she did it, but this morning, when I went to let Dave, my cat, out, I nearly tripped over it. An anonymous brown package just laying there inside my flat. How the hell did she pull that off? I chuckled internally as I desperately tried to decipher what was scribbled on the front of the package. It was clearly in her handwriting. I'd recognize it anywhere. The worst effing handwriting you'll ever see. Like if you grabbed a crow dipped its beak in ink, and let it peck randomly on the paper. To Jeffy. Love, Mom. I yelled to Dave to hurry his shit up, but he wasn't having it, so I just closed the door and brought the package with me inside, carefully placing it down on the kitchen counter. Mom was a next-level prankster, so I made sure to investigate every inch of it, weighing it, gently shaking it, before finally opening it. I scratched my head in puzzlement, it wasn't much, just a DVD, no note or anything. My mom wasn't very technical, and the thought of her burning a DVD was quite frankly absurd. Did she even own a computer? Maybe dad helped her out. Or my brother. I guess there were ways she could have pulled it off, so I shrugged and plopped the thing into my laptop. After whirring discordantly for what felt like minutes, I was finally greeted with a single video file named... Jeffy's Home Videos, 86-89. to I caught myself smiling sheepishly in the reflection on my screen. I didn't even know we had a video camera back then, so it was a very thoughtful surprise. Sort of an atypical gift from my mom, but I was still halfway expecting it all to be some elaborate prank. Maybe it was a rickroll or something? But no. To my mild surprise... It seemed like a pretty extensive collection of genuine home videos from the 80s, complete with ridiculous low resolution, graininess, horrible audio, and an abysmal cameraman. They seemed to be in the wrong order, though, starting when I was four, then younger and younger, which, to me, proved that it was my technically challenged mom who compiled it. I sat for about half an hour, enjoying every second of the shaky cam time travel, reliving moments I'd entirely forgotten laughing at how weird everybody looked back then, and boggling at how I was still alive. I was a stupid, stupid kid, always falling over and running into things. I sent my mom a picture of me and my bottle of wine, relishing the ancient videos, with the caption, Thanks for the home videos, Mom. Best birthday gift ever. But then it got strange. I just finished watching the summer of 87, 
when we apparently spent the holiday out by my grandpa's cabin by the sea. I was two years old then, and my brother Justin must have been five. It was a wonderful trip down non-memory lane, since I had no recollection of it, and I was anxiously looking forward to videos from my first year. I didn't have any photos or anything from back then. My mom said they must have been misplaced when they moved a decade ago, but she could never seem to find them again. It was the summer of 86 according to the date in the bottom left corner. A shaky cam, more likely maneuvered by my dad, looking over a tall white fence. A family of three was gathered on the other side, husband, wife, and a tiny toddler. I didn't recognize any of them, but I suppose they must have been our neighbors. We moved every couple of years when I was a child, something about my mom's work, so it was an educated guess. There was some barely audible whispering as the camera was lowered, now facing the grass. I replayed this part several times, but I could never really hear what was said. Just fragments of it made sense. We, move, leave, hurry, were the only words I could make out. Then the camera was raised, once again peering over the top of the fence. The family was gathered out by the front porch of a house. The toddler with his assumed mother and the assumed father operating a hose, spraying water on assorted flowers. Then the camera moved again, focusing on the cheery face of my mom. She was wearing a bright red sun hat, real cheesy looking, and the first time I saw it, I giggled uncontrollably. Let's do it, she said, grinning wildly. A chill ran down my spine. Those exact words have no meaning without context, you know. Could point to absolutely anything. Let's do it. Let's go get ice cream. Let's do it. Let's drive down to the beach. Innocent things. Mundane snapshots. But the way she said it, and the expression on her face, I knew instantly that something wasn't right. Moments later, the shaky cam got shakier, now running around the fence and into the backyard of the family. The cameraman, assumedly my dad, stopped at the gate, zooming in on the woman's face. She looked shocked, scared even, holding on to the toddler tightly, and backing away towards the front door. Then my mom came into view again, and I realized why the woman appeared so frightened. I had to replay that moment several times, too, because I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it was her. She was wielding a knife. A huge butchery thing. She turned and grinned to the camera, waving the knife around playfully, before suddenly charging at the woman, her terrifying high-pitched screams echoing through my kitchen. I almost stumbled to the floor as I watched the carnage unfold. My mom stabbed the woman brutally in her left leg, causing her to collapse on the front porch, the toddler rolling down onto the grass, wailing hysterically. The assumed father suddenly became aware of what was happening, and his eyes widened as he yelled something, running to the woman's aid, only to be stabbed in the neck by my mom as he came within arm's reach. The next two or three minutes were dedicated to my mom stabbing the two of them repeatedly. The fleshly, pulpy, mangled remains at the end of it, hardly even human in appearance anymore. Absolutely drenched in blood, my mom turned to the camera, laughing maniacally. She suddenly noticed the wailing toddler in the grass and quickly wiped clean the knife with the inside of her dress, placing it down on the porch. 
She then gently lifted the toddler, hugging him tightly, smearing blood all over the child. We'll name you Jeffy, she said and kissed him, me, on the cheek, before waving to the camera. I slammed the laptop shut and staggered back, hyperventilating uncontrollably. No, it couldn't be. It had to be some kind of prank, right? Right? Some unbelievably elaborate prank? You could do that these days, you know. Fabricate stuff like that. Right? You know, like deep fake and, and everything? My phone vibrated. A text from my mom. I read it. Then again. Once more. Then I grabbed my laptop and got the hell out of there. I didn't send you any videos. But your father is coming over to sort it out. Stay where you are, Jeffy. Everything will be alright. Don't move. We'll be right there. Mom. I'm sorry I haven't been able to update sooner. But it's been a crazy couple of days, and quite frankly, it wasn't on top of my to-do list, given the urgency of my current situation. I'll do my best to give an accurate description of the events that followed, the brutal demolition of my life as I know it. But time isn't exactly on my side, so I'll have to keep it brief. After the text from Mom, I didn't have time to think. I didn't know what to think either. I just knew I had to get out of there before my dad arrived. So in a panicky haze, I quickly grabbed the laptop and Dave the cat, who'd been loitering diligently just outside the door, and ran down the deserted street, sobbing hysterically. I had no idea where I was going, or what I was doing. I guess I just figured that running was a solid plan given the circumstances. I got about halfway down the block before the rational part of my brain interfered. Why am I running? Shouldn't I show this video to someone? The police? My brother? I slowly came to a halt as I considered all my options. How sure was I that this wasn't just a prank? How could it be a prank? Who in their right effing mind would think that this was even remotely funny? No, it was the truth all right. There was simply no denying it. I gently placed Dave on the ground as I fished the phone out of my pocket, dialing 911 with trembling fingers. 911, what's your emergency? A female dispatcher answered. Uh, I need help, I stammered incoherently. My mom, um, that's to say she's not really my mom. Uh, she killed my, uh, killed my real parents when I was a baby, and now she sent my dad, who isn't my dad, after me, and, and I, I, I don't know what to do. Sir, you're not making any sense. What is your location? So, uh, this DVD, I continued, waving my laptop around like she could somehow see it. And it's got everything uh, on it, like, like the murder and, and my mom and everything. There was a long pause, like the dispatcher was considering whether or not just to hang up on me, which in retrospect makes total sense, since I must have sounded like a crazed, blabbering maniac. I was tripping around nervously in a circle, head bobbing up and down erratically, tears streaming down my face. I was looking at this rather peculiar garden ornament, shaped like a bulbous rat, when suddenly I caught movement in my peripheral vision. 
Moments later, I was on the run again, laptop under one arm, Dave in the other, phone haphazardously kept in place between my cheek and shoulder. My father's car. You gotta hurry, I yelled into the phone. He's here. I somehow managed to pocket the phone while juggling the laptop and Dave, stumbling down the street aimlessly. I could hear the sound of car tires approaching from behind, my dad more than likely, and in a moment of panic, I decided to run up to a random apartment, banging on the front door awkwardly with my elbow. I saw movement behind closed curtains, then a pair of inquisitive eyes glancing at me briefly, before disappearing again. Of course, they weren't going to let me in. I was a grown-ass man in my pajamas, carrying a laptop and a fat cat named Dave. But I was hoping they'd call the cops on me. Jeffy, my dad's voice beckoned from behind. Please, son, get in the car. I think you're a little bit confused. He was parked by the curb, hanging over the open car door, like we were having a perfectly casual conversation about the stock market or something. He had this awkward smile on his face, and there was a look of genuine concern in his eyes. Uh, no, no way, I said, feverishly trying to find a way to escape that didn't require me to use any of my arms. I saw the video, and, uh, the baby and, and mom and everything, slapping the roof of the car theatrically. Oh, that? Jeffy, Jeffy, he said. It was just a prank. You have to know that, right? It's just another one of your mom's silly shenanigans. I think she went a little too far on this one, though. I'll give you that much. So here's a weird thing. I sort of believed him. Sure, looking back on it, it was a stupid effing thing to do. But you weren't there. You weren't in my head. You don't know them like I did. They were just so painfully... dull. You know? A boring old couple. Nothing about them ever stood out. They were normal. So unbelievably normal. And a five-minute video can't undo decades of carefully planned indoctrination. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Okay. I said, hanging my head in shame. And I did feel shame right then. Ashamed I'd made such a fool of myself. Ashamed I'd accused my parents of something so utterly heinous. That's how deep it went. That's how easy it was for them to control me. That's a good boy, my dad said, patting me on my back as I climbed into the back seat. Dave was getting fairly fed up with all the back and forth, and he'd scratched me up pretty severely on my panicky half-assed escape. So I focused on calming him down. Where are we going? I asked, staring out the window idly. We were heading out of town, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why. I heard a soft chuckle, seemingly innocent enough, but for some reason, I didn't like the sound of it. I figured a few days down by the old cabin would do you wonders, he said. Get you back on track. We cannot move lest we leave a demon behind in the hurricane, you know. It was such a strange thing to say. Leave a demon behind in the hurricane? I couldn't shake the feeling I'd heard it somewhere before. I swallowed deeply as the familiar comfort of the concrete scenery was rapidly replaced by the ominous depths of the dark woods. So, how did Mom do it? I asked. How did she make the video? 
I stared at my dad's neck as I asked the question and noticed a slight twitch as the seemingly innocent inquiry registered. Oh, you know, he shrugged. Computer programs and such. Yeah, uh, but which one? It seemed very sophisticated. I mean, your, your brother helped her, he squirmed. Yeah, they spent all of last weekend on it. Complicated stuff. Justin was there last weekend? During the lockdown? I asked, gently placing Dave on the floor below me. He drove two hours for that? He didn't respond right away, briefly glancing at me in the rearview mirror. I could tell that he was having a hard time keeping up with his rather poorly executed lies. Yeah, I, I mean, we'd planned on it for months so we couldn't, you know, cancel it because of some silly old bug. That, uh, you know, makes sense, yeah, I lied. He let out a sigh of relief, and I could see the smile returning to his face. The next part I didn't really think through. It was an impulsive decision, you could say. An act of misguided self-preservation, mixed with varying degrees of rage and fear. He didn't see it coming. I'll tell you that much. An arm around his neck, squeezing as hard as I possibly could. The part I didn't really think through was obviously the fact that he was operating a moving vehicle at high speed. If you've ever been in a car accident, especially one where the car sort of flips midair, you might have experienced a certain calmness as you come to accept the finality of your imminent death. You know there's nothing you can do. You'll soon enough suffer the lethal impact of the violent collision. So you sort of sit back, metaphorically speaking, readying yourself for the inevitable conclusion. But sometimes you'll make it. Sometimes you'll climb out of the flaming wreckage, laptop and Dave in hand, leaving the unconscious, fatally wounded body of your murderous fake father behind to burn slowly to death, in the most horrible way imaginable. And that's okay. That's great, even. Just go with it, I say. There was nothing around for miles, and I was in pretty bad shape. I stumbled confusedly into the dark woods, not quite knowing what to do, or where to go. I just knew I had to get away from the car, away from the flames, away from everything. I can't say for how long I wandered around in a dazed stupor, but it was getting dark when I found the old cabin. It wasn't much, nothing more than a shed really, but it was enough. I managed to crack open a window and climb inside, finally allowing poor fat Dave to roam on his lonesome for a few, while I found an old worn-down couch planting my exhausted body face down in it. My phone started vibrating minutes later. It was my mom calling. I felt my heart beating out of my chest as I stared at the ominous, pulsating greenish light of it. I wanted nothing more than to ignore it. To ignore her. But I knew I couldn't. I knew I had to face her. Um, hello? I answered. What do you want? Jeffy, my mom sang cheerily. I'm so glad you answered. I've been trying to reach your dad for hours now, but he won't pick up. I don't suppose you know what he's up to? He's, um... Dead, I said. I hope. Car accident. Uh, crash. There was a pause, and I could hear her breathing heavily in strained intervals. Um, that sounds like him, doesn't it? 
she said coldly. Fell asleep at the wheel, no doubt. Silly old fool, wasn't he? She sounded so unfazed, like she was discussing the weather with a neighbor or something. No feelings, no emotion, a flat, inhuman, lifeless tone. I was starting to realize just how dangerously insane she really was. You can go screw yourself, I suddenly yelled. It was really out of character for me, the cursing. It's not something I normally resort to, you know. I got evidence, Mom, I snarled, and you're not getting away with it. We'll see about that, Jeffy, she said calmly. You know I'll always find you, wherever you are, whatever you do. Mommy is coming for you. She ended the call on that note, knowing full well the state it would leave me in. If I wasn't paranoid before, I sure as hell was now. Could she find me? Definitely. I was maybe a few miles from the car crash, probably on the only property within walking distance from it. And she wasn't stupid. She was anything but stupid. My phone vibrated again. A text from Mom. With trembling fingers, I opened it only to drop the phone to the floor the moment I realized what I was looking at. It was a photo. A young woman and her baby sitting on my mom's couch. I recognized her instantly. It was their neighbor Jenna. Single mom, kind of cute. I've had a crush on her for ages, but I've never acted on it. Don't know how, you know. A single sentence captioned the image, and it sent tremors of cold chills down my spine. If you leave me, Jeffy... I'll have to replace you with someone new. Love, Mom.